When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy New Year, Los Angeles, and wherever you are at. It's Casey Diaz, host of the Shot Collar Podcast. So glad that you have joined me on this brand new year. And we're going to kick it off a little different because there's new stuff ahead of us. And... Um, It's going to be a, do, a little bit different because from now on, um, I decided to do some changes here. And one is is, is that we're going to give you uh, the Bible um, here. I think it's important that we come back to it, to the very uh, place where, you know, where, where, where we believed where we met God, to the Bible where God speaks and um, makes us makes us think about makes us think about life and then the afterlife. And so I decided that we're going to do some Bible studies here on this podcast. And um, I hope that you join me throughout the year. I hope that you spread the message. Um, I'm not so much concerned about becoming the the next and greatest, biggest uh, podcast. I'm more concerned with us sharing what we learn on this podcast. And by by that I mean what we learn um, through the Bible. <clears throat> I know that uh, last year I gave you a lot of uh, uh, material as far as you know current laws that are uh, just uh, well they're they're not good laws that have been being passed by by people in authority here in Los Angeles, in uh, California. Uh, we're living in a corrupt system. Um, and uh, so I gave you a lot of that last year. And looking back, I think, uh, you know, you always want to analyze yourself. You always want to look at and see, did I, did I miss something? Did I, did I drop the ball here and there? And the answer is an astounding yes. Uh, I think that I need to go back to to this Bible, share uh, my testimony what God has done for me, uh, to me, through me, and um, most importantly, what God can do uh, for you 
when you repent, when you come to Christ. And um, so that's what we're going to do. And uh, I'm, we're going to start off <laughs> pretty heavy here because I think it's important. I went to visit a church um, this this weekend, and um, I knew the church, and, and I say church very loosely when I speak about this place, extremely loosely, because I think that it's very um, important to understand, you know, some of us have grown up in the faith, and we're stuck with just one one way of thinking, one way of, of, of believing, right? We're, there's like, we're just stuck uh, because either we grew up this way or that way. Uh, grandma taught me this way. Mama taught me this way. Whatever the case may be. But I'm not the type of person that I want the Bible. I really want the Bible, and I could care less what anybody else thinks. I, uh, I'm not here to to impress anybody. I'm here to do what the Bible tells me to do, and I'm not. And, and listen, I fail at this miserably, over and over and over again. And every morning, every morning, it is a task. It is work to get into this Bible and do what it says for me to do. I don't glow in the dark. I don't shine. I don't I mess things up royally. I'm a broken man just like the other the 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 other next guy. But there's one thing that I always I I I'm I'm always challenged by God to go back to him, to go back to this Bible because this is where this is where my this is where the challenge is and this is what I need. This is what I need. And so uh, I I I decided that this year um things are gonna be a little bit different around here. Um I'll still have, you know, those moments where I'll I'll bring um current events into this podcast, but we're also gonna have Bible studies here. But I wanted to welcome you um, to the podcast this morning, today, to New Year. If you don't, uh, you know, if you want to follow me uh, on social media, you can do that. I'm on Instagram, Casey Diaz, the Shot Caller. It's, it's very easy to find me uh, on Facebook, uh, Casey Diaz author. You can go there. Um, and also, if you want to support this uh, program throughout the year very easy just go to kcds.net and look at the podcast button there click on that and then it'll send you to the support button and you can become a monthly sponsor of this uh, program and i hope that you do that as well uh, some new things that we're going to be doing like i mentioned the bible studies are going to be back here on this podcast uh, randomly uh, also, but there, it'll always be weekly. There will all, you'll always have a Bible study weekly now. And also, <coughs> um, you know, we want to support prisons and detention centers, uh, juvenile halls, by giving them a copy of the Shot Caller book. Um, so please keep that in mind that throughout this year, and I'll I'll mention it, um, you know, over and over, 
uh, every time that we drop in episode to you. Uh, so the year, uh, the year thing to 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 bring the gospel into uh, these jails and and look, some people have asked me, well, how about we just send them Bibles? And hey, we can do that. That's not a problem. Um, but a lot of uh, you, you got to understand how these things work. Most uh, prisoners. Um, they're not just going to grab a Bible. That, that's just the reality of it. Uh, most, uh, a lot of them, the, the ones that I knew, uh, liked reading. A lot of them liked reading. and and uh, But the Bible is like, you know, well, if you're a, a non-believer, the Bible is very, just, you know, you, you don't want to get on the religious side or you don't want to be seen with that, right? And so the, uh, giving them a copy of a, a testimony, uh, whether it's, mine or anybody else's, it, it seems to work a little easier and it's a seed that you're putting on there so that, and my, my prayer and the prayer that we all should have is that, man, that in the middle of all this, in the middle of them reading somebody's testimony in, in a form of a book, that they would come to Christ and yes, then they will, it'll be a very easy transition for them to grab a Bible. Um, so this is why we're doing that. Uh, so it, it, uh, again, if you want to support that, we're going. We need your support big time on that one, uh, because you know. Uh, I hope that you know that just because I wrote the book that doesn't mean that I have a warehouse filled with uh, <laughs> copies of the Shock Collar book. I, I don't. Uh, they still have to be purchased uh, by me, and or by yourself, and. Um, but I, the cool part is that we get emails asking for these books from either inmates or prison libraries, uh, juvenile halls, uh, chaplains, uh, prison ministries. And it'd be great for us because I could get it at a discount price that I, that we would purchase them. And then we're able to send more copies than if you were to go to Amazon and um, and purchase them there. So that, that makes it easier and more uh, um, we're able to reach uh, further uh, doing it that way. And if you if God puts it in your heart, please pray. You know, I, I'm not one of these uh, guys that, you know, dig deep and uh, give until it hurts. Don't do that. Um, it's whatever God puts in your heart. Do that. That's better. Um, and if you want to do that, you can very easily... Um, Send me an email to uh, to kcds uh, info at kcds.net. I'll get the um, uh, the email and then we can talk about how you can send your your donations that way. Uh, it'll still be through Venmo or PayPal, and uh, and then we'll work out the details. So if you want to be part of that, it's info at kcds.net, and on the subject, just put uh, prison books, and I'll know that. Um, so here we go. Today's uh, sermon is entitled "Hell, the End of All Hope." Hell, the End of All Hope. I want us to to, and I know this is like, oh wow, you're going to begin with that. Uh, <laughs> 
in in, uh, in this new year. And and here's the reason why. There's a, a specific reason why. Because what good, what service would I render to you if all we talked about is the happy thing, right? It, I, I'm not, this is why I'm very opposed to, to I, I don't I, I don't like going to churches where it's motivational speaking where the preacher has no bible on their pulpit where you enter into a church service and no one is carrying a bible no one is carrying a notebook it's alarming to me when i go into places and hardly no one, and I mean hardly no one, has a Bible in their hand. Unless you completely walked out, unless those thousands of people just walked out and just left it in their living room because they genuinely forgot it, that's alarming. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to be very, very clear with you. If you attend a place where no one is holding a Bible, I would highly suggest that you stop visiting that place and that you that you do your due diligence and seek a place of refuge, a place where men, women, and children are encouraged to carrying their Bibles not just in church, outside of their church, and also in their hearts. We are living in days and in times and in moments where that is so scarcely where that is just it's not being practiced. And, I'm, and, and I get it. There's people that carry it and act foolish. I get that part. But if your pastor, and I'll use that term very loosely, is not encouraging the body of Christ to crack open their Bibles, to carry their Bibles, to be students of their Bible, I say run from that place. Run, run, run away from that place and whatever you do, find a Bible teaching, Bible reading, Bible studying type of church. And do that immediately. This is more important than your New Year's resolution on joining a gym. Before I start on talking about hell, and the end, which is the end of all hope, I want us to turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And I'm going to read this very slowly. Here's what it says. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all, they have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. 
There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues, they have practiced deceit. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is, in the, is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is so important to understand. If you ask the random person on the street, let's go even closer than that. If you ask the random person that attends a church service, do you think that you're a good person? The answer will floor you. The common answer is, yes, I believe I am. But what does the, 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 doctrine, the doctrine of original sin say? When we look at the Bible, when we look at Romans, and Romans is going to strip you naked of any ideology that you're a good person. The book of Romans will immediately disarm you. The book of Romans will actually tell you that you're awful, that you and I have a wretched spirit, a wicked heart. The book of Romans will leave no stone unturned when it comes to the subject. And we will find that we are sinners. We will find in the book of Romans that we have dropped the ball from the gate. We have been born turned away from God. That's how we were born. Look at Romans chapter 5, 12. I mean, you could just go right, right over, right? Turn a page and boom, there it is. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus, and thus death spread to all men. Sin spread to all men because all sinned. So there goes your charity event. There goes your, you know, you've been buying Girl Scout cookies for the past 30 years. And you thought you were doing a service. Because see, in our mind, in our mind, we think that a good person is someone that will, you know, get in front of a bullet for, in, in order to save a police officer's life, you get in front of that police officer and you take the bullet for that police officer. And then we look at that guy who died for taking that bullet for that police officer and we call that guy a hero. And you say, that's a good guy. That was a good guy. We lost a good guy. But original sin says, none does good. No, not one. The doctrine of original sin says, we're wretched. We're 
horrible. If you ever get to a point where you look at yourself in the mirror and you think that you're a good person, that's a big problem. That's a huge problem. And so I went to this place, you know, we went to visit this place. I saw one other person besides my wife and I. I saw one person carrying a Bible. There were thousands of people walking in there, hundreds. Hundreds in droves. I saw one outside of my wife and I, I saw one person carrying a Bible, just one. My wife is very um, tolerable with people. She's very patient with people. She's very, she, she likes to give the benefit of the doubt. So do I in, in, in some you know moments. I, I try to use um, discretion and, 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 you know. But when there's hundreds of people that number into the thousands of people walking into a place and there's no Bible, I already know that I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> I already know that I'm, I'm going to sit there and I'm not going to enjoy this. The guy that uh, was, I guess, the pastor that was a guest pastor or one of the staff—I I don't, understand, I don't know who it is, who it was. Never seen the guy. Walked in there, got to the little podium there, no Bible in hand, and I, an Apple uh, screen in front of him. There was nothing to take. There, there was no. There was no. Nothing noteworthy. In fact, there was alarming things that he said. And I just picked two. There was many, but I picked two. And one of the things that he said was, this year, because a lot of these churches, a lot of these places, and I, it's, I have a hard time calling these places churches. One of the things that, that he, that, you know, it's the new year, so they tend to, to say some really spectacular things. One of the things that he said was, you want to elevate who you are this year. You want to elevate who you are this year. And, and of course, people, you know, in the, in the crowd was, you know, you had your, your comment, ooh, wow, yes, you know, that, that kind of thing, right? And I'm thinking, that is the biggest red flag I have heard thus far in the 10 to 15 minutes that he got to speaking, when he said that, it was alarming. He said, for 2022, you want to elevate who you are. And I went, no, I don't want to elevate who I am. Who I want to elevate, who I want to put up above me is Christ not myself, because there's no good thing that dwells inside of me. That's what Paul said. As a believer, he said that. Some of us forget that he was a believer when he said that. He's not referring to 
unsaved Saul. He's referring to saved Paul. In me dwells no good thing. And then he said, he proceeded by saying that you would decide for 2022 that you would decide who you are. There's and so many scriptures just start falling into my heart, into my mind as, as he's saying this. All which contradict these two things. The problem with starting the year without Christ is that your days and my days are numbered. No one can change that date. I don't care how healthy you eat. I don't care if you're using uh, veganese mayonnaise on your sandwiches. I don't care if you're eating cucumbers for the rest of your life. The day that you, the day that you're gonna die is in God's sovereign, and it is in His will. He knows when you're gonna die, when I'm gonna die. And no one can change that. My friend, this year could be that year for you or for me. This could be our last week. This could be my last week. This could be your last month. This could be the year that you don't make it past 2022. And if you die without Christ, hell is the end of all hope for you. Because you don't get a second chance to, to live this out. You don't get a redo once you die. You don't get to, you know, <laughs> reset. There's no reset once you die. It's over. You've expired. The miles are done. The minutes have stopped. The seconds have ceased. Where will you go? And there's so many things that we can talk about when it comes to hell. I want to take you to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. In Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 21, we, we get this rich story. Many of the parables that Jesus spoke about weren't just made-up stories. In fact, many scholars believe that, if not all parables, they point to an actual place and time that this took place. And so he's able to share that. Listen to what this, the, the, the story of the rich man, Lazarus. Luke chapter, nine, uh, chapter 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, 
desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments, torments, that's plural, in Hades, he, lift up, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I, have, uh, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, for if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, Even if they do not hear Moses and the, and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Much of what we just read needs no explanation whatsoever. It is the story of two men while alive. Their status could hardly have been more different. And when they died, again, a contrast. One found himself in heaven and the other in hell. Our attention falls upon the rich man who is pleading for relief and removal from this torturous surroundings. The scene is unpleasant. But it is nevertheless real. Neither here nor elsewhere does Jesus suggest that this was merely some kind of fantasy. The man in hell was conscious, in conscious torment. He's crying out for mercy, being far away and permanently removed by a great chasm. He's desperately alone, unable to escape from hell as we read. None may ever cross over. The horror is so painful and literal, unlike the jokes that you hear about hell. Oh, I want to go there because there's a party. All the party people are there. All the fun people are there. He's haunted with the thoughts of other family members ultimately coming to the same place man begs for someone to go to his father's house and warn his brothers so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Just, just send him. Just send him, and if they see someone from the dead, 
They'll repent. Not just cry. And it's in. It's a useless cry. If you're listening to me and you don't have Jesus in your heart, you're not a Christian, you're, you're not living for him, you don't know him, you don't have a relationship with him, the very place that we just read is the very place that you will end. In hell is the end of all hope. The Bible has many descriptions of what hell looks like. It's a place of weeping and gnashing of the teeth, according to Matthew 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 12. Listen to how, what it reads, and how it reads. Matthew, chapter 8. Let me get to there. <coughs> 8.12 But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping. It's an emotion. So you get to keep your emotions there. Gnashing of teeth. A reflex of Somebody that's in pain. You ever hit yourself with a hammer in the, in, the, in the hand? A finger? You ever done that? Done that a couple of times. Just nailing a picture up on the wall. Or you got a piece of lumber and you're trying to put a nail through it. Somebody calls out your name. You look away as you have, <laughs> as you have the hammer going straight into what you thought is a nail, and it's actually your finger. Now, son, you just you like clamp your teeth, right? Your teeth meet, and, and, and it's a pain. It's, an, it's agony. <laughs> well, that kind of pain goes away for a little while. The gnashing of teeth here doesn't go away. It's a continual suffering, a continual pain, an anguish that cannot be quenched, a thirst that cannot be quenched. It is a pain that you will live in torment forever. The Bible says torments. So it's not just one, it's plural. It's many torments, at least two. It's also a place where people scream for mercy, have memories, are tormented, feel alone and cannot escape. It's what we just read in Luke 16. People scream for mercy. They have memories. They're tormented. They feel alone. And they can't escape. 
we look at people and, you know, many of us have been in funerals. My only concern when somebody dies is if, the only question that I have in my mind is, do they know Jesus? Did they die with Christ? I mean, even speaking on the subject, my stomach turns, man. Because it's a real place. It wasn't a place where, where, where God didn't design this place for, for, for people. This was a place that God designed for Satan and the fallen angels. Originally, that's what it was for. But then, then the, the fall of man happened and that's where people go. And I want to be abundantly clear that God does not send people to hell. God not one time has sent a person to hell. People send themselves to hell. What Christ did, and I love what um, I love what J. Vernon McGee said, Pastor J. Vernon McGee. You, you gotta you, you gotta listen to some of these pastors from 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 the old school, because they had something going. On the subject of hell, he, 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 he says, you have to be deliberate to go to hell. You have to want to go to hell. Because God has provided, God provided a way of escape. God has provided his son, Jesus Christ, and he put the cross in front of you. In between hell and you, there is a cross. And you have to actually walk around the cross to send yourself to hell. What a, what a vivid picture that is. And that's exactly what, what it looks like when someone ends up in hell. Because from the second that you're born, you're born in sin. And God has given his son, his only begotten son, and he's put his son in between you and hell. And you actually have to walk around the cross, fully ignoring the cross, fully rejecting the cross, in order to get to hell. So it's no one's fault, but that individual's, that individual's fault for being rebellious, for kicking against God, for ignoring every possible sign that you had while you were living. The person that goes to hell doesn't even necessarily need someone to, 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 to bring the message. The scripture says that creation itself, <coughs> creation itself declares 
that there's a God. You don't wake up in the morning on your own. Are you kidding me? You you didn't wait. You're not that powerful. <laughs> you 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 you're not that unique that you just you know you 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 you, <laughs> you pushed on your your own shoulder while you were asleep. Hey, time to get up. No, you, that nobody wakes up like that. You wake up, and I wake up on the very sure mercy of God, His outstanding patience with mankind. God is so patient with us that every day that you woke up last year into this year, that's God's long-suffering. That is God's patience. But his patience at some point along your life and mine, if we're not born again, his patience will draw to the point that if you die without Christ that is the end of his patience with you that was a place of unquenchable 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 fire look at Mark Mark 9 what Mark 9 says, 948. And, and actually, let me read it from 944. Because he says it three times in, 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 in this passage right here. He says, where their, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter the uh, life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. That's the second time. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire there where... Their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. You can't quench this type of fire. Hell is real. It is an actual place. And you might say, well, I don't believe it. And here's my answer to you. That's okay. It's still there. And I hope, I hope you don't go there. Just like Jesus hopes that you don't go there. He's provided a way, an option to not go there. It's a place of darkness, hell is. Revelation 9.2 tells us that. It's a place of eternal damnation. Eternal. That means forever. And just like just like heaven is forever, so is hell. Equally the same time. 
forever. Eternal damnation. Why would you do that to yourself? Why go there? Listen, this year you probably began this year with New Year's resolutions. You're going to join a gym. You're going to do this. You're going to get your finances in order. You're going to get your family in order. You're going to get this. You know, you got some great goals in front of you. But God is nowhere in the picture. Then what? What if this year is your last year? What if this week is your last week? And you heard this, this message on this podcast and now you're without excuse. What then? What are you going to give in exchange for your soul? You can't give nothing. What good is it if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul in hell? I have a good friend, a really good friend, and he asked me this question. He said, if you could have any car that you would ever want, what would that car be? I said, well, I really like the Honda Pilot. And he looked at me with unbelief. He said, no, 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 you didn't understand the question. Maybe you didn't understand the question. If you could have any car that you could ever have, that you could afford, that you there was no problem with anything. What would be your favorite car to have if if you had the means to get whatever car you had you wanted? What, what car would that be? And I said that's the same question that you asked me. <laughs> he said, Yeah, yeah, but you didn't understand it the first time. Maybe you didn't understand it the first time. And I said I'd probably go from a Chevy to a Honda Pilot. It's kind of comfortable. Looks really cool. It's comfortable. And he said, that's your goal? He said, that that's... And, and we were playing around with this, this, you know, going back and forth. He said, why am I even your friend? <laughs> he said, why am I even your friend? <laughs> he said, why, what, what? You mean to tell me it's not like a Lamborghini, it's not a Ferrari, it's not... I said, no, I said, no, I'm... I'm those things don't, don't do anything to me. Those things, those are just things. And I'm not a car guy, so, you know. <laughs> my, 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 uh, I, have a, I drive a Chevy and, uh, <laughs> it's an SUV, the battery, uh, gave out on us, and I ended up getting stuck on here in Burbank in the rain. Of course, it would happen to me in the rain, right? <laughs> you know, and, and at the worst intersection <laughs> ever in Burbank, there's only one. There's one intersection in Burbank where it's right where the Costco's at, and it's like nine different. It feels like there's nine different things happening at one time in that intersection. And I got stuck about to make a right, a left turn on Victory, 
in the pouring rain. It was raining really hard this time. My battery just decided, nope, we're done. <laughs> and some good Samaritan, uh, you know, after being there about 15 minutes, I already had, we had called the AAA to come and aid me and everything. Well, while we were waiting for them, they gave us a, they said we'll be there within an hour. So, you know, um, so I'm there just sitting, interrupting traffic. Uh, people are in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, uh, it's right before New Year's. I think it was New Year's Day when it happened. So everybody's trying to get to this Costco and, and you know, for their party supplies, food, and all that stuff. And I am at this corner interrupting everyone's day. So s- some good Samaritan he rolls down his windows and he says, what's wrong? I said, oh, I think my battery just went out. He goes, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around. And you got to understand this intersection right here it's not like an ordinary one like i said it it, it's it feels like there's nine things happening at one time at this intersection the street is very weird and he just did a yui and charged my battery and i was able to you know get out of everybody's way and that was awesome it was great i prayed for that guy afterwards um you know man he helped me big time but I went and grabbed the battery from the dealer, <laughs> and and they want the, the first of all the battery was like almost three hundred bucks, which I'm you know I'm just like wow three hundred dollars, it's two seventy plus change, and then you know nowadays in these cars the battery's not like a like you know a nineteen eighty or nineteen seventy car where. It's just two things, you know, a red, a hot, you know, the red and the black, and and then you just, you know, there's two uh, nuts that you loosen, and boom, goes in the new battery. These cars nowadays are not like that. There's covers on them and the whole nine yards, so it's a it's a whole ordeal of a lot of bolts in there, uh, a lot of nuts to 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 just take the battery out. Um, because of the electronics and everything else that's attached to it. And I, I'm not a car guy. I, this is one of the things that I'm just not. I don't like it. I don't like dealing with anything with when it comes to a car. And then the guy says, I said, well, how much to, you know, I said, is that installed? And he says, oh, no, 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 that's not installed. That's just the battery. Because it's a special battery that has a gel in there. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, okay, whatever, buddy. <laughs> And I said, okay, well, how much installed? He said, um, well, you got to take it to service. And this is inside the dealership, by the way. You got to take it over to, to the dealership, uh, to the uh, service. And uh, uh, it's probably one to 150 to 200 bucks, somewhere on there, depending on how much uh, workload they have and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but you have to ask them. And when he said that, he said it so, so calmly, like, you know, oh, okay, 100 bucks to change a battery. And that was on the loan. Like, it starts at 100 So I went outside. I said, you know what? Just give me the battery. I went outside. I popped open the hood, and I looked at everything, and I went, um, I'm just going to do it myself. Why am I going to spend 100 bucks and Somebody putting on a bat, and that's on the low end. So I don't even know. I didn't even bother going over there to see uh, what they were going to quote me on that. 
And, I, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, I put in my own battery, I, and that was the end of that. <clears throat> Here's the thing, folks. You have a battery. It's your heart. And at some point, it's going to start to give out. And at some point, it's just going to stop. And you're not going to have a chance to go to the dealer of that heart. Once that heart stops, you can't go back to the dealer and say, can you just give me a new heart now? That's going to be the end of it. And if you're not a Christian at this point of death, you end up in a place called hell. A place where it's the end of all hope. It's a place where God's wrath is poured out. It's a place of everlasting destruction. I'm going to leave you with this. Listen, this Bible study is not to ruin anything. It's rather to helping you. I know that you would possibly like to hear a, a message that is more cheery, a message that is more, you know, that'll, that doesn't sound so like urgent, but you made resolutions this year to join this and to join that. My friend, I hope that you join God this year. That's my prayer, that you join the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's up to and what he's doing. Listen to Second Thessalonians 1, nine. Actually, I'm going to read the whole the, uh, from 8. No, you know what? I'm going to read the whole thing because it's important to finish this way. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. He's talking about Christians here in the beginning, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give 
and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, watch this. Now he's not talking about Christians. Now he's talking about the unbelieving that end up in hell. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. For those of you that are listening to this podcast right now, please, if you have to listen to this again, listen to it again. Do not go another day without Christ. Repent. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Find yourself a church that preaches the truth, that uses Bibles. Find a place where they're going to help you read and study the Bible. A place that's concerned about your spiritual growth. A place that that's going to hold you accountable. A place that where everyone is pushing forward for the ultimate prize, which is Christ. I hope that you enjoyed this sermon, this Bible study. And I hope that your resolution as Christ involved, and that you live for him and him alone. You don't know when your last day is, neither do I. But I don't want to waste another day without him. I've committed myself to reading the scriptures, studying them out, and doing some major changes in my life. I, I Listen, guys, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not where I want to be. I'm not. Spiritually, I know I could do better. I know I could compress harder. I know I can do more. And it has nothing to do with, you know, doing to earn my salvation. I can't, no one can earn their salvation. But I want to live for him and him alone. Till next time, you know I'm going to say, because I'm always going to say it. Keep Jesus first. <laughs>